Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. I'm thankful for you tuning in each and every Friday. We've had a number of question and answer podcasts, and then we've had Dr. Curtis Barbary sitting down listening to his testimony, and then he gave some helpful insight to young preachers, young pastors, pastors, and just anybody in the ministry, and I'm sure those were a blessing to you. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that a lot of you are probably familiar with, and that is the word depression. Many people in our lives have struggled with this or do currently struggle with depression. So maybe you know someone in your immediate family. Maybe you've had a friend that has struggled with this. Or maybe you personally, right now you're struggling with depression. And I feel it very fitting, especially during this season of COVID-19. Many people are losing family members. Many people are losing jobs, losing income. And a lot of people right now are just anxious and that's causing them to be depressed especially in light of all that's going on in our world the national suicide hotline has had a 300 percent increase in calls during this time and i've personally had teenagers adults and even children that have suffered with depression and i've had some come to me during this season that we're living in that are struggling more so now uh, than ever before with depression in their life so today i have sitting with me pastor josh smith he's the youth, pa- youth pastor at community Baptist Church in Siler City, North Carolina, and he has a calling and a passion to help people who struggle with depression. He actually offers a class that's called Light and Darkness, where he biblically addresses and counsels people that struggle with depression. And so, Josh, it's good to have you with me today. Always good to be here, Doc. I'm thankful that you're sitting here with us. We're going to go through just a couple of questions and really let Josh just take the reins on this podcast as he studied this topic and this issue for a number of uh, years now. And so, Josh, tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit of the backstory and why you felt led to start this ministry or this class. Well, um, as you know, I've been in ministry for a while and uh, in in my family and some of my friends through the years, to be honest, um, we had had a lot of folks that had dealt with depression. I took an approach for many Many years of, uh, like a lot of folks, take a happy pill and go to the next step. Yeah. Um, but I realized uh, when it came knocking on our door uh, that it wasn't quite that simple. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, uh, our family found ourselves there. My wife, Amy, uh, had a extreme battle with depression uh, that lasted for, for, for many months, lots of doctor visits, hospitalizations, uh, and, and seeing the, the hurt that she went through and seeing everything that was uh, brought into her life because of it, uh, once we got through it ourselves, it took time, but once we got through it, uh, that is uh, where the burden to help other people with this. What yeah. we found uh, as we went through it is, uh, to be honest, there were two sides to it. One, we felt somewhat ashamed to talk to anybody about it mm. uh, because for so long, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, other mental disorders uh, have been somewhat of a... um something that's nobody talks about in the church. Yeah. Uh, and so many times you feel like you're almost by yourself. And, uh, and then two, um, nobody in the church was really talking about it. I mean, I, you know, we go to a lot of meetings, uh, hear a lot of preachers have a lot of great friends, but, uh, during that season, it seems to be opening up more now, but yeah. in that season, uh, things about depression, 
anxiety and mental health issues just wasn't really talked about in the church. Uh, and that's where kind of the burden for the class and the ministry came from. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing a little bit of your backstory with that and some personal testimony inside of this. And so we just have a couple of different questions we're going to go over today. Maybe let's just let Pastor Josh just talk us through this issue, describing exactly what is depression, how it affects people, and the biblical answer to how combat how we can combat this issue in our lives. So though there's not one size fits all, what are some common causes of depression, Josh? Well, uh, in talking to a lot of people, uh, the first thing I think you have to realize is depression can affect anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's not based on race. It's not based on age. It's not based on income. Uh, there are none of us that that are uh, immune to being affected by this. And uh, in talking to a lot of people, doing a lot of research myself, and certainly uh, I am not a professional psychiatrist, <laughs> professional medical doctor, but in, in our experiences of talking to medical doctors uh, all across the state, talking to um, different preachers and pastors, doing a lot of things, uh, I really find that depression comes down to three main areas. Uh, the first one is uh, really the, the most simple, yeah. uh, and that is the physical realm. Uh, if someone um, if someone has uh, a a problem physically, uh, it can lead to depression. But yeah. uh, really, in many people, it is a physical problem. Now, that seems a little foreign to some folks, but uh, I would throw this analogy out. Uh, if, if someone came into our church uh, on Sunday morning uh, during a prayer meeting, whatever, and said, um, hey, I, I need you to pray. I've been diagnosed with diabetes. My sugar's out of line. Yeah. Uh, we would look at that person and say, well, we'll certainly pray about that. If if someone came and said, because my iron is low in my bloodstream, uh, I am anemic and I wish you would uh, help me pray about that, we wouldn't think twice about that. But yet many times when folks come in and use words like depression or say that maybe they have a chemical imbalance, people sometimes get bent out of shape about yeah. that. And the reality of it is uh, those chemicals no more than a man can control the iron in his body or, or other proteins that his body may naturally produce, you or I can't control, for example, the serotonin uh, in our brain and how that interacts. Yeah. Uh, this was some pretty inf interesting information. Consider this. They tell me that on average, there are 100,000 chemical reactions every second in the human brain. Wow. The information travels up to 268 miles an hour within the brain. Uh, and if these, if, if these interactions, if these chemical reactions get off just a little bit, if there's a collision of any sort, it can mess up uh, the, the whole framework there. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought about it this way. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been. I think you and Christiana have been to New York before. Yeah. Uh, and you understand with all the bridges coming in and you get there in Manhattan and there's cars everywhere, millions of For cars sure. every day. Uh, and with all of those cars going here, there and everywhere, the taxis, you let one car, just one break down in the middle of Times Square. You let one have a starter go out or a flat tire. Uh, and it's no longer just that one car that's affected. It's literally going to shut no, down yeah, a, a huge area of Manhattan there. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and the same way with, uh, when we start talking about these things like serotonin and, and many of the the other chemicals in there are a, a lot of physical factors that can play into it uh, they tell us a lack of sleep a poor diet uh, dehydration uh, mind you that they say that 73 uh, percent of our brain is is from water made of water and yeah. so uh, when the body begins to uh, become dehydrated 
It affects it. Some scientists say that as little as 2% dehydration can begin to affect uh, brain function. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, genetics can play a part in it. There are some people that... Um, have a long-running family history and and none of us can control um you know which family we were born into our dna code that is far beyond um our control there but it still is an issue and then uh also uh medicines uh different medicines for for problems not even related to depression uh if you listen to the warnings the commercials on tv uh many times you'll hear that uh some medications and that's something that i tell folks is if you started a new medication be very mindful of that uh you know how does that link into the time you started struggling with this uh, but then some of the some of the big things uh, as well uh cancer uh, according to the american cancer society uh, one in four 25 percent of all people that deal with a major cancer issue will also have a major depressive issue as wow. well uh, and we know of course there's all types of cancer and so many people in our churches and in our communities that are battling that uh, sure. heart issues as well Uh, The Cleveland Clinic, which is a respected heart clinic, they say that 15% 15% of patients with cardiovascular disease and up to 20% of patients who've undergone major bypass surgery experience a major depression uh, mm-hmm. in their recovery as well. Uh, and of course, especially for us guys, uh, that plays into uh, many times not being able to do what we normally do, not being able to mow the grass or wash yeah. the car uh, and, and having to take those weeks of, uh, of letting our body recover. And, yeah. uh, and I, if anything, this is the one that, that I probably am the least experienced on certainly but you know for ladies uh, just the natural cause of life menopause the body changing the chemical imbalances even after childbirth um, we met several people when we were going through our struggles back in 16 Um, there were several moms who had became moms for the first time that just that uh, hormonal imbalance that naturally happens after a child was born uh, suddenly found themselves in such a place of depression as well Mm. um and so those are some just some, some physical things that do that. And, you know, biblically, we have an example of that. Uh, you think of Job. Uh, Job certainly had things going well. Um, but by the time we come to Job chapter 2, uh, he's beginning to be inflicted uh, physically now. Mm. Uh, you know, he has Satan has came back now and said, uh, if we if I could get hold of him. Um, then, then he would curse you, and yeah. uh, we find in chapter two that the Lord said you can you can have him, um, but you can't kill him. And of course, we know that uh, he's got these balls. And uh, in verse eight, he's there in in the ashes with a potsherd scraping himself, trying to get relief. And uh, I'd encourage you to listen to some of Job's statements. Uh, Job chapter three, verse ten, he says, "Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly?" Uh, in Job ten, verse one, he says, "My soul." soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak bitterness um, of my soul. Mm. Uh, here's a guy we know from Job 1 uh, that he was an upright man. He eschewed evil. He stayed away from it. Yeah. He walked with God. But now he has lost everything he had. And now, and he survived that. But in chapter 2, with all of that, plus the physical, we find him by chapter 3 uh, saying, why was I even born? I mean, certainly we can see these elements of depression in his life there um and many times in the church um and this was one of the things that we found we can try to over spiritualize it though Mm. and and we'll talk about some of these other areas here in just a moment but um one thing that i have said many times 
it does not do me any good to treat a physical issue with a spiritual mean mm. and vice versa. It doesn't yeah. do me good to treat a, try to treat a spiritual mean, uh, physically there. And so, yeah. uh, you know, there are, there are people many times there've been folks through the years in church that, that said, don't use medications, you know, don't do that. Um, and if, if a medicine will help someone, why not? Yeah. You know, in James, uh, James tells us that all good gifts come from above. Sure. Uh, and whether that doctor is a believer or whether he's an atheist, the fact of the matter is the author of the knowledge for the creator of that medicine that could help someone, the author of the doctor that prescribes that, the knowledge that he has, that comes um, comes from the Lord above. Oh, and sure. so, um, you know, when, when people look at that and when people begin to do this, many times folks that have talked to me, that's where we start at number one one because um, have you been to a doctor uh, you know go to a doctor ask for some blood work ask them just to, to check your serotonin levels to see how things are um, and sometimes that can really make a difference in somebody yeah. uh, and so physical would be the first thing the the, the second part of that would be emotional, um, oftentimes caused by unexpected circumstances. Uh, and we've seen this a lot uh, through these days of the coronavirus, yeah. COVID-19, uh, you know, the loss of a friend or family man member, the loss of uh, a job or income, uh, you know, relational issues, even past abuse. Yeah. Those are all things that, um, that can come in. Uh, to emotional sides, and uh, you know David is a biblical example of this in Second uh, Samuel chapter twelve, as uh, he's already committed his sin with Bathsheba, um, and now in verse fifteen the Bible says, and Nathan departed into his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child and fasted, and went in and lay all night upon the earth. Verse seventeen, and the elders of the house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not neither did he eat bread with them uh, again this is King David the giant slayer yeah. uh, the one that would be Jesus's uh, great great grandpa the one that was the, the great king of Israel uh, and now as his child uh, that has been born uh, is so sick he's not eating he's not he's just there in mourning and, and trying to ask God to help him mm -hmm. uh, and it, it was just an emotional issue that he was dealing with there um, one of the things too that that we have seen uh, and there's a lot of talk about this in the uh, medical world uh, is what they're calling comparative social media Mm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and boy, we're seeing a lot of this. Um, sure. I, I'll let you in on a secret, Travis. You know me pretty well. Uh, but I don't put uh, my my junk drawer on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I don't put a picture of my, my Yukon on Facebook when it's been through six inches of mud and, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just filthy, nasty, covered in pollen. When you're going to see my Yukon is after my guys have cleaned it and they've washed it and, uh, and got all the dust and the windows are perfect. There's no streaks. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see, you know, for ladies many times, they're not going to show the six piles of laundry that, that need to be folded or the sink full of dirty dishes. They're going to show it after they've cleaned and got 
the new furniture and the new paints on the walls. Yeah. And because we see so much of that, many times, and, and again, psychologists around the country are, are beginning to see this as well, um, we begin to see that, and it becomes to seem as though to us that um, that's a, a reality, that yeah. we're not measuring up, uh, that, that you know, they, they're always here. Every post I see on Instagram, everything I see on Twitter, uh, they've always got it together. They've all, their house is always in order. Yeah. Their car is always clean. Their, their kids are always so well behaved. Yeah. Um, and there are those moments, and we thank God for those moments, but none of us put the other side of the coin on Facebook, sure. uh, on social media. And, and even with teenagers, you know, they, we all put our best foot forward. Uh, but if we're not careful, we can begin to look at that um, and begin to to measure ourselves to someone else's best moments instead of looking at the whole picture and seeing that they have bad days, they have things that uh, are not always perfect as well. Yeah, let me, let me interject there. I think that's a great place to, to talk for a second. I've had many, we're both youth pastors, and I'm sure you've had the same, many young girls struggle with this. I mean, they'll come up when we have social media talks at church or in a youth group, they say, you know, I just, when I take a week away from social media, I'm happier. I feel better. But then when I go back to it, I see everybody and they have everything together. They have all their life put together. And then I compare myself to this girl or to this boy. And I'm not like that. I don't look like that. And so I, I try to make myself that person. And in trying to do so, that causes me to grow in depression even more. Is that what kind of what you're going out here? Uh, absolutely. You know, I, that's one of the main reasons that when we go on like week long trips, our youth group, we say no Snatch phones. phones. We ain't taking yeah. that stuff with us. Leave that stuff behind get those impressions out um, absolutely but uh, you know we it's easy to forget even as adults let's be honest oh, yeah. there is this magical thing called Photoshop and filters oh yeah um, and uh, you know it is amazing uh, I mean you can take somebody that looks like me and make me look good if you work at it long <laughs> enough uh, on Photoshop and um, that's just not always reality for sure um, but that's what people are and you know and, and while we're here especially with teenagers many times um i cannot tell you how many times through the years i've had discussions uh where people were struggling uh where a young lady or a young man would come and uh, and really be having some issues i mean yeah. real issues to them and when you begin to dig in you find out that it was because th their buddies at school have more friends than they do on Facebook yeah. or that uh, their post on Instagram didn't get as many likes as the girl down the street or, you know, why, why didn't they um, tag me in that photo? Those types of things. Uh, and what I've said many times, I would rather have five in-person uh, real friends in my life than to have 5,000 followers on Facebook. For sure. Um, you know, people that you can call, I've I told my oldest boy, Cameron, Many times I said, look, you can get 50,000 followers on Facebook, but how many of those guys are going to be there to pray with you at midnight when you need them? Yeah, for um, sure. And, uh, and that's where we tr find some real volume or yeah. value there. Yeah, I was, uh, along with that, I was talking to, I won't call any names, but a couple of people in our youth group, they were talking about all these birthday parties they go to and how many friends they have in their friend group at school. Finally, I was like, called the person's name and I said, out of all of those, how many would you consider an actual friend? Like in the middle of the night when you need help, you need prayer, you need something, how many of those are you going to go to? They had like 30 they were talking about. They had like one, yeah. one person. And so at the end of the day, that one friend, that one true friend is more than a thousand Facebook followers. 
at the end of the day. And I think that really leads into it. Well, and you know, and I love there was a, a quarterback, his mind escapes me for um, the Philadelphia Eagles, the year that they won the Super Bowl a couple years back. And he actually, he's a Christian. I can't, I'm not endorsing him, but he, he gave his testimony as a believer. Uh, and one thing that he did, he started a foundation called Audience of One. Hmm. And, uh, you know, what he did was had the bracelets, the whole bit, but kind of his mantra was even going out to the Super Bowl field, in the NFL, the Pac stadiums, that everything he did wasn't based on the crowds. Yeah. It was for an audience of one, the Lord Jesus. And, oh, wow. uh, putting the focus there. And, 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 you know, and that's it for the believer, putting, understanding that we are the apple of God's eye. Uh, you know, even the Grand Canyon and, and things that we spend thousands of dollars to travel and to see mm-hmm. and all these photograph things, the, the animals that everybody tries to save, and that's fine and dandy. But the reality of it is uh, God sent his son to die for me yeah. and God sent his son to die for mankind and um, and and living our life for him and then again going back to that just uh, understanding that the, the masses don't matter as mm-hmm. far as uh, the influence of my life um, the the friends that that like you said pray for me the friends that I can talk to uh, that that's what really brings value to my sure. life I mean yeah, you look at the life of Jesus he had the multitudes following him, but what did he do? He invested in 12. Right. Ones that were there and close to him, and he spent his time more so with the 12 than the multitude. Well, and even within that, you know, I know sometimes we we talk about uh, not having favorites or not, but the reality of it is when I first started youth group, I, I had this great idea that everybody with 30 kids in the youth room, that all of them were going to be best friends. They were all going to get along oh, and treat each other. And then somebody showed me this one day. Jesus had 12 disciples. Yeah. But even among those, there were three. There were three. Peter, James, and John that that were, there was something about them, that inner circle. There were moments that those three shared with our Lord. Some pretty important important moments in the yeah. gospel that nobody else had that interaction yeah. uh, but those three um, and and sometimes like you said uh, rather than focusing on those three we focus on the 5,000 that Jesus yeah. was feeding in the masses and, yeah. um, uh, and again that comparative thing on social media uh, when we begin to no matter who we are, when we begin to compare our low moments to everybody else's high moments, we're setting ourselves up emotionally uh, for some major shortfalls. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so, you know, when, when we find ourselves there, you know, what can I do about that? Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's someone listening today. Uh, you know, find someone you can talk to, uh, a pastor, a youth pastor, a trusted friend, uh, you know, and be careful of the influence of social media. Uh, be careful of, of the things that you look at. And, and there's so many things out there. I am not on a hobby horse of kill social media. <laughs> I use social media. Um, but the reality of it is what you let go in your eyes and ears it's there forever. Yeah. Uh, I am, I am 39 years old now and I had discussion with, with Cameron this week. Um, there are things that I listen to or that I watch as a 13, 14, 15 year old boy that I probably shouldn't have, yeah. uh, that if I had my choice, my, my druthers, I would erase from my memory bank. But at sometimes the worst possible moments, those things will pop into my mind. Yeah. Uh, don't want them to don't dwell on them. Don't think about them. But 
but because I let them enter in, they're there forever. And so yeah. um, just being really careful and cautious of, of what we're seeing on uh, social media will help that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then, of course, physical, emotional, and the third one uh, is uh, the spiritual side of it. And again, yeah. um, it does no good to, to pretend like all of it's physical. Some of it is. And, and again, many times the church the church we try to make everything spiritual yeah. uh, and and again Jesus is is all in all he he certainly is in control of everything um, but again uh, we need to really look at this thing of depression and the physical and the 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 emotional and the spiritual and uh, you know of course there's there's three things that I find that will lead to depression anxiety uh, in the spiritual realm of course the first one uh, is uh, salvation yeah. having a personal relationship relationship with Jesus Christ uh, it makes all the difference yes, in the world completely um, of having someone that uh, when you begin to understand that he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother yeah. uh, that he is our rock that he is our shield that that he is one that is sovereign he's in control he he already knows what tomorrow is going to bring when 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 things like COVID and quarantines are are going on all around us knowing that God is still in control yeah. And knowing that I know him, that brings a lot of peace at night. I mean, sure. it brings uh, when when things go crazy and things get uptight, uh, knowing that that I'm in the hands of an almighty God that yeah. loves me and knows me and I know him. Uh, that is that is step one. And, you know, of course, there's been a lot of debate. Listen, just because somebody's in church does not mean that they know Jesus. No, absolutely um, not. Just because their grandpa was a preacher or, or just because their name's on a church roll, they're a deacon or a Sunday school teacher that has nothing to do with knowing Jesus. No. Now, uh, I believe that when you know Jesus, you'll want to be involved and do a lot of those things. For sure. uh, but uh, just because, again, your name's on a church roll somewhere doesn't mean that you have a personal relationship with Christ. And so that is step one, the most important decision uh, in life, but certainly in, in, in battling a spiritual depression. Number two, and these other two are really for the believer is uh, sin living yeah. contrary to God's word. Um, the devil does not play fair. Oh no. And the reality of it is, uh, he will attract us with the, the, the glitter of sin, the, uh, the joy of sin. The Bible tells us that sin has its pleasure for a season. Yeah. Uh, and so there is an attraction there, but the moment we give in, the same devil, the same demon that, that gets us, that tempts us, that, that draws us to that, he's the same one that begins to throw guilt and regret yeah. uh, and sorrowfulness and brokenness on our hearts and our souls. Um, and when a believer gets into sin, um, it is a, it's a, a dangerous thing, and it's a yeah. grievous time. I mean, sure. that's, that's why the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. He didn't yeah. say the way of the believer, the way of the righteous. He said the way of the transgressor is hard. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, sin will certainly cause a, a spiritual depression. And then thirdly, uh, just a spiritual warfare. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, spiritual warfare. I, I believe that, um, that we are under attack as a church and as families and as as believers in ways sometimes that we don't even realize and understand. I believe that. Um, you know, and um, 
I cannot explain to you, and I'm being maybe more transparent here than I should, but I cannot explain to you how there are some days um, I go to bed at night, I feel like I sleep pretty good, uh, everything's good, everything's great, and wake up in the morning and be in a terrible mood. Yeah. Uh, just feel down, feel feel oppressed, feel, uh, you know, wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and just feel feel um, like the weight of the world is on you. And, yeah. and that is just, I believe, part of spirit spiritual warfare and um you know and so um of course uh, in ephesians paul tells us a lot of how to battle that by protecting our mind and, and guarding our heart and you know the one thing that several years ago the lord really helped me with when you look in ephesians 6 uh, at the uh armor the spiritual armor that god gives us of all those things every piece of it the shield of faith the helmet of salvation um all of them really all they do is protect us when taking a blow yeah they are defensive mechanisms the only thing in that list that god gives us to fight back with is the sword which is the word of god yeah uh, and so you know when you find yourself in a spiritual battle you can say well uh, hey josh i'm praying i'm going to church i'm i'm trying to do positive things that's wonderful and that's good and i'm for all of that but if you're really going to try to fight the devil you've got to have a sword yeah. uh, and the sword is the word of god and, and i I believe this and I've seen it in my own life unfortunately through the years um, many times there are people that sit in our church week after week defeated as all get out good people faithful people yeah. and the reason uh, that they are defeated week in and week out is because during the week they don't get their sword out they don't yeah. sharpen the blade they don't spend time with the Lord and his word to be able to um, to be able to fight when the devil comes against them there yeah that's vitally important. And so, uh, you know, with that, with the spiritual side of it, the things that, you know, that I kind of recommend, first of all, know that you're saved. Know that you're saved. Know yeah. that Jesus Christ is your Savior. You know, secondly, ask yourself, are there things in my life that are contrary to the Word of God? It's not what my preacher thinks. It's not what, uh, you know, other traditions are or what some TV evangelist told me. But according to the Word of God, am I living my life according um, to what God would ask yeah. me to do? And, and then three, stay connected to a good church and to the Word of God. Yeah. Uh, we need each other. I tell you, um, this this uh, COVID nineteen with the quarantine, the isolation piece, I think for all of us has been terrible. Yeah, that's been a big um, part. By nature, I am a people person. Mm. I, I love seeing people. I love being around them. Um, and there have been days, man, where um, you know I just long to see my church family or see yeah. my friends, and um, you know, and and again, these are different times, and I understand that. But uh, when things are available, make sure that you get your yourself plugged into them and be yeah. a part of it and let God uh, work in your heart there. I think that's great. And I think going back to one of your points to you just said a few minutes ago, I was thinking of David in Psalm 32. Uh, I preached that a couple of weeks ago where David has sin with Bathsheba and David, I mean, if we read scripture, David, you picture him as a stout man, a strong man, one that had, does not battle with physical pain 
or any kind of pain for that matter. But then he reads and he writes in Psalm 32, verse 3, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. So what is David saying there? He's simply saying when I was quiet about my sin, when I was not repenting of my sin, I felt physical, mental, and emotional pain because of it. I felt pain in my bones. And then he goes on to say, For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. And some say, some commentators and scholars say that that meant David was dehydrated. And go back to that first thing you talked about where the brain is made up of so much water and if just 2% goes, it can cause an effect on us. And so you can see in this chapter where David is physically physically hurting, he's mentally hurting, and he's, he's emotionally hurting as well, and it goes back to his sin. And so I think a great thing there, and you brought this out, is we need to search the darkness in our life, search the wickedness in our life, and see sin for how God sees sin. And when we see sin for like God sees sin, we see what hung Jesus on the cross. Sure. And that grows us closer to him and takes us back to knowing our relationship with him is secure, it's sturdy, it's solid, and he will help us grow out of the situation. But there's no growing closer to Christ when we're hiding sin and harboring sin in our life. Well, and again, those three pieces are, are linked so closely to, together. When we look at God, we see the Trinity there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And uh, when you look at creation, um, so much of, of creation revolves around three pieces as well. For sure. um, you know, land, sea, and air. And uh, and again, we, we're a spiritual man. We're a physical man. We're an emotional man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when one of those gets out of whack, uh, it certainly affects the others. Yeah. And, um, but again, I think a key to it in these days is identifying the source. Yeah. And that comes down to us being, first of all, honest with ourselves. Uh, and because we know, I, I know me, I may not know anybody else, but I know me, uh, and, um, identifying within myself, being honest with myself about, uh, what's going on and then being honest with the Lord, uh, as I let him search my heart yeah. uh, for what's going on there. I think that's good. I think we'll close out with this. What would you say the purpose of depression is? Well, I, I think that that depression can be used in a couple of ways. First of all, um, I believe that uh, depression can be used by God uh, to mold us. Yeah. Um, God can can put us in a season uh, to. Um, direct our thoughts, direct our lenience on him. Uh, and, and certainly to be honest with you in, in our family's battles, there were times, listen, I was a youth pastor, uh, trying to do everything I was supposed to do there. And, uh, there were nights Sunday morning, go to church, you know, we all put on the necktie and play the part, yeah. but what nobody knew was that for, up until two, three, four o'clock in the morning, the morning before I'd been outside, uh, walking saying, God, why, you know, yeah. where you're at, where are you at Lord? Uh, and God, uh, there's a song that became so special to me in those times. Uh, there will come sweet things out of dark places. Yeah. Uh, and there were some, some lessons and some realities that God taught me, uh, in the darkest moments. Um, you know, it was in the dark moments that I really began to realize how much I needed him mm-hmm. and and how much I could uh, rely on him. And, and so I think, first of all, God will use it to, to mold us. I, yeah. I, secondly, I think a big part of it, and this this is tough for us to accept, but I think about, I think it's in Mark uh, chapter 5, if I remember correctly, uh, where Jesus is, is out on the, the ship, and of course you know the story, the storm comes, but the thing about it, the disciples are there with the Lord, But the thing about that is the text tells us that there were other little ships. Yeah. 
I am convinced, I am convinced from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet that sometimes God and his sovereignty will allow us to go through storms individually, uh, not for our sake, mm. but for somebody else. Yeah. And um, an example of this, and certainly just even in my own life, um, I had no heart, to be honest with you, uh, no de- was not on my radar um, to launch into a ministry trying to help people that are battling this. Yeah. I never thought about that before. But when God took us through uh, the season that we went through several years ago uh, and showed us that depression was real and showed us that we could depend on him and showed us that he was faithful uh, on the other side of that storm, after we got on some solid footing and and things kind of leveled off, Mm. there was a passion in my heart. Let's take our story now yeah. and try to go help somebody else. Uh, and, you know, and again, not that we have all the answers. We sure don't. Um, but there are some folks that God has allowed us to to encourage and help along the way. Uh, and had we not gone through that storm years ago, we in no way, shape or form would be involved or be prepared to, to try to help somebody else today. Yeah. Uh, and so and then, of course, thirdly, um, the biggest reason is to bring God glory. Uh, yeah. Lift up Jesus. I mean, sure. um, everything in life, the life of a believer, the, the end of the day, the question ought to be, how can this trial, how can this storm, how can this season of depression uh, in, in all of it, how can it bring glory to the name of the Lord Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I just believe that even in those, even in those seasons, um, it's important that we, we stay faithful. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of close my side of it with this with this illustration. Um, a lot of times where people get in trouble, even when uh, depression is first starting or anxiety is first starting or when, when troubles are first starting, is they, they try to change course in the middle of a dark time. Yeah. Um, if I could give, give one piece of advice to someone, that may be listening and going through uh, depression or anxiety, it would be to think back to the to the happy times when when your walk with God was hot and heavy yeah. and uh, and when you felt His presence. And keep the course of doing those same things you were doing then. I've used this illustration many times. Uh, of course, uh, being a youth minister, I know that you've ran the mountain, the trip up to Gatlinburg uh, several no, yeah. times. And uh, you'll remember uh, on Interstate 40, um, there are a couple of tunnels there. Or between Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, there's a pretty good tunnel there. Um, and, and the Lord really showed this to me one day as I was driving that. You know, we, we can be on the road going uh, over to Gatlinburg, you're heading out. I-40 West from here and um, everything can be great you can be cruising along sun can be shining beautiful day but the moment you hit that tunnel two things happen Mm. number one it gets a lot darker than it was number two you can't see your surroundings anymore your circumstances change and, and on some of those tunnels you cannot see the other side of it yeah. You, you cannot see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But what I have found is this. If I keep my headlights pointed the same direction and I just keep the cruise control on and I stay in my lane, yeah. I don't try to make a, a U-turn in the middle of the tunnel. I, I don't slam on brakes or throw it in park. That in just a little bit, I'm going to come out the other side. Yeah. I'm still going to be headed to the same destination. I, and I'm going to find that the same sun that was with 
with me uh, before I went into the tunnel is the same sun that's shining on the other side. That's good. Uh, and many times when we get into our darkness or we get into our trials, our, our depression, our first reaction is to stop Put, in, put it in park, uh, cut the car off, and sometimes get out yeah. uh, or try to make a U-turn. And all imagine what would happen uh, on Interstate 40 if we tried to do a U-turn yeah. uh, and go the opposite way in the it middle of the work. tunnel. I mean, it's just going to make a mess. Yeah. And that's what happens in our spiritual lives yeah. so many times. And so I, I would encourage folks that are listening, listen, you say, well, I, I've been in church all my life or I, I've been doing this or that and, uh, and, and I've just I've got this thing. I would encourage you, just stay the course yeah. stay faithful to God stay faithful to your church stay faithful to the word of God the prayer closet uh, and then look at some of those things we talked about you know make sure that you're saved make sure that there's no sin in your life spiritually yeah. if that checks off physically hey doc could you draw some uh, blood work just to check some things haven't been feeling well and just go through some of that yeah. uh, and, and figure out the cause and let God help you uh, it, it's only for a season yeah. uh, I love the phrase i know in these days it's it's been said in many memes and things on on social media but one of the best phrases in the bible is it came to pass yeah. uh, and if we'll just stay the course jesus has promised he'll be faithful to us if we'll stay faithful to him uh, our trials our seasons of depression uh, will come to pass as well i think that's great so josh thank you today yes, for sir. sitting down with me and talking through this topic and thank you for sharing some of your story and for those of you that are listening today um, I think Josh closed it out perfectly. And so hit all those points, check all those boxes, focus on your relationship with the Lord. And maybe right now, during this season of life, you're struggling with a state of depression. And so I would encourage you to reach out to someone, your pastor, your youth pastor, a faithful Christian. And if you would like to reach out to me, as I've said in many of these podcasts, you can find all of my information on TravisShelpMinistries.com. And there I would love to talk with you about this, or I would love to send you to Brother Josh. And now he can talk with you through this topic. And he's clearly done his homework, he's studied, and he's been through it, and he knows what he's talking about. And if you're interested in that class, reach out to me, and I'll give you the information where you can get in touch with Josh about how you can be a part of that light and darkness class. Our prayer and our motive as youth pastors, as servants, of the Lord is to push people toward the Lord and grow in their relationship with God. And so through whatever means, so if you're facing depression right now, we want to help you. And the Lord wants to guide you through this situation if you'll just let him. And so focus right now on your relationship with the Lord. I thank you for tuning in with us today. Have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.